0: Thank you for tuning in to trinity baptist temples podcast i'm pastor kyle dinsmore and i pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the lord and follow his will for your life if you have any questions please feel free to contact us god bless you in uh, the sermons that we've been going again we took a couple week break on that and looked at the christmas uh narrative in scripture and so when we jump back into this i know it's the end of the year and uh, the last sermon of the, the, the 2018, uh, but I really feel like this is very appropriate for what God wants for us at the end of this year going into a new year. So it's, it's interesting how the Lord does that. But um, the last sermon that we looked at, again, this study called Life, we saw point number two of uh, the, the previous sermon as well. Point number two was this, doing the spiteful, jealous, uh, embittered thing is always wrong. To do the spiteful, jealous, or something that you're, you're, you're full of bitterness with, doing things with that in your heart is always wrong. Regardless of how you feel justified in it, it's always wrong. It's never justified in Scripture for us to act or to do with those things in our heart. And so again, it's always wrong. I shared that just because of grace or blessings, are seen in someone else's life just because you can see and it looks like everything goes good in their life It seems like everything is th- that god's blessings is constantly pouring out in their life Just because you can see that in someone else's life It doesn't nullify the grace and blessings that god has poured out in your life Again, sometimes we get so fixated on what other people have and what we don't have or the struggles that we go through and The apparent struggles that some people don't go through and that's just a robbery of what God has done in our life. It's an injustice to, to look only at what other people are getting or, or not getting and what we are facing in our life. And, and so I shared a couple other things. I shared that we are freed from the anxiety that we're going to miss out on something or be void of something only when we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So all the worry and fear of, of whether we're going to have something that we need or, or something that, that only God can provide, all of that fear and worry goes away when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Scripture tells us that. It doesn't mean that when we put God first and we seek him first and he's the, the priority in everything that we do, that, that we are just going to have everything we want and everything that, that this person has too and, 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 and everything that we absolutely think we need. It doesn't mean that. Again, this is based off of God's understanding, based off of God's wisdom, based off of God's providence, according to God's will. And we're looking to look at it this morning a little bit, but you don't have to look real far in the New Testament age, which we're in. Uh, the Apostle Paul. Again, he, he faced some great trials, some extremely difficult days, both personally and ministry-wise, ministry and, and physically, emotionally. I mean, all different ways, and yet he somehow had something that only God could provide. And somebody looks at his life and says, man, it didn't look like Paul was living the good life, but I think Paul would say just the opposite. And again, I think he does say that in his letters to the churches. And so when we look at our lives what, as, as Western American, uh, American uh, Christians, a lot of times we can get pulled into this idea that we're supposed to have everything that everybody else has. A lot of times people call that entitlement. You know, we, we, well, why, can, why can they and I can't? Why, why is it easy for them in this way and it's not for me in this way? That's nowhere in scripture. But again, we have this idea that it's supposed to be like that for us. And again, we, we, we miss a lot of things because we're not seeking the kingdom of God. Things that God can provide. And so I think this is the case as well. There's a chance that we can miss out on a lot of the blessings of rejoicing with them that do rejoice when we're not properly focused in our lives. In other words, when when somebody's getting something good in their life, when when God's blessing somebody in their life, I think that we can really miss out on blessings ourselves by rejoicing with them that are rejoicing. It's hard for us to get there sometimes because, again, we feel a little bitter, we feel a little jealous, there's some envy There's some struggle that we're going through that that they're apparently not. And so when when it goes good for them, even more good for them, we we tend to look at it and say, well, that's cool, but I'm not going to tell them that's cool. (laughs) Why? Why? Why would we not rejoice? We miss so many blessings sometimes because we don't experience with our brothers and sisters what God wants us to experience. And so again... We're never supposed to act with that bitterness, envy, and jealousy in our lives. And we just had Christmas, and many of us uh, gave to other people, whether it was our kids or, or, or friends or people in the church or, or coworkers or whatever we gave, and many people received uh, gifts as well. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so hopefully everyone here is able to do that. Hopefully everyone here, again, looking back at last week's message as we get ready to, to look at the message this morning, hopefully everyone here is able to do that. It's to give. It's more blessed to give. It's more blessed to say, you know what, I'm happy for you even if I don't have what you have. I, I, I'm glad that God has given to you. I'm glad that, that, that it's a blessing on your life, even before and above thinking about what we might receive. And so uh, we're looking at another year passing, looking at another year possibly ahead. And I wonder this next year if we can't be more devoted to giving to others. With that in mind, more devoted to, to giving to others, of rejoicing with others than we ever have before. I wonder if that could be the story of your life, the story of our life as a church, that this next year what, what it looks like is I'm, I'm giving more to others than I ever have before in every facet, in every way. I'm, I'm, giving, I'm, I'm going to be more of a giver. I'm not going to look at what people can do for me. I'm not going to be consumed with what I don't have and what others have. This year, I'm going to be concerned with how God can just use me up and spend me for other, the cause of others. This morning, we're going to see a little bit more about this rejoicing in others, see a little bit more uh, specifically about having right vision and having the right perspective to be able to do and to live like that. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but you used to spend just a little bit of times, uh, a little bit of time over in our toddler ministry, or around toddlers. Maybe you had them uh, more than one in your house a- at the same time, or, or maybe you have them right now, to learn very quickly that everything that they hold in their hand and everything that they play with is mind. It doesn't take real long. I mean, you could just watch them for a few minutes playing with a couple toys, and the next thing you know, one of them saying, mine, mine. But I, I wonder as adults how long we can struggle with that perspective, and we can even wrestle with that in our lives at times. It's mine. Again, we, 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 we look at the things that we do have as mine, and, and I would even say this, uh, we even can, can, can be guilty of that with our families. And said, but it is my family. Listen, it's something that God has loaned to you. It's something that God has blessed you with. It's it's something that he has has given to you and has has entrusted you with. That's the way it is. And so we have to live our lives, I believe, with that type of perspective, to live them out rightly in a way to honor God. And so I want to pray this morning. We might not even get uh, all the way through point one, but... Uh, I just want to see what God has for us in this. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this time again. We thank you for um, all that we've already experienced. God, we praise you for your love. praise you for uh, just all the great things that you do for us. And as we look back on 2018, there's no doubt, uh, even as as Brother Everett was up here singing, and we rejoice in the work that you've done in the trial that he's gone through and and still going through. He and Deborah have faced and are facing still but, Lord, I want to thank you for them as well, uh, Lord, the way that they've um, looked at this trial uh, to see the opportunities to glorify you through it, to reach others through it, and uh, just the, the joy they've, they've uh, counted it in, in the midst of this trial. And, um, Lord, we lift them up to you. I know there's others that have gone through uh, similar things, whether it's surgeries and cancers or sicknesses and losses. Uh, there's been a lot of that this year, but, again, Lord, we've seen you do some amazing things this year, Lord, whether it's been healing or whether it's been saving uh, people's lives, adding them to the church, seeing uh, dozens and dozens of people baptized and uh, just you doing great works, Lord, we, we praise you for it all. You deserve all of the, the praise for all these things. And so, Lord, we pray that this morning as we look at this message, you would speak to us, uh, that, that you would start with me, uh, Lord, that I would simply be a vessel and that your word would go out and this message would hit every single one of our lives. The way you want to because we're ready for it we're we're ready to receive your word Uh, lord we pray for uh, this upcoming year as well uh, that we would use even what we hear this morning as a springboard for this next year and it would help us to be healthier in our relationship with you healthier in our relationship with others and uh, lord just be glorified now just work in a great way and we'll praise you for it in jesus name amen we read uh, verse 4 in the last sermon, and, uh, but I, I want to remind you of what has transpired so far. Uh, so Joseph is the figure that we're looking at in this study. We, we looked at his lineage already with Jacob, um, and now he's uh, the central figure of our study. We, we we're in chapter 37, and we found out that he brought this evil report. He was a young person. And he brought this evil report back to his dad, Jacob, about his older brothers. Now, his older brothers were those that were uh, children of the handmaidens of Rachel and Leah. Uh, This wasn't uh, the uh, full-blooded brothers. They were half-brothers. Again, they were kind of the uh, consolation sons, if you will, of Jacob. Uh, He loved Rachel. He wanted Rachel. Again, was tricked into marrying Leah. Uh, Leah had children Rachel couldn't so again the handmaidens were brought in and that's kind of children by proxy if you will um if that's even a thing but uh they uh they are the ones that he comes and brings this evil report on these these children by these handmaidens and in Genesis chapter 37 I want to look at verse 3 to kind of give you uh, a little bit of the background so he brings this evil report verse 2 3 says now Israel loved Joseph, which again, Israel's name is the new name of Jacob. He loved him more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. We talked about that already as well. First, number, number four is what we looked at the last message. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Again, when they saw this, this situation was what it was that Joseph had... Uh, this this preference again we, we didn't talk about this for parents as well uh, We didn't get into the, the the parental things about showing favoritism and stuff like that uh, But that should be an understood thing. We shouldn't show favoritism to our kids um, Even though again jake uh, joseph was one who was I believe more righteous wanting to do more right uh, Jacob shouldn't have shown preference uh, In in his relationship with his kids here, but he did and he gave him the coat of colors, and it did not make the older brothers happy. Verse five is what I look at this morning. Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren. He told it to the brethren that hated him, that hated him even more, and it says that it just increased. They hated him even more, and so again, I don't know how wise this was of Joseph to do. Again, we talked about how it could have been bad on both sides. He could have been. Uh, boasting about that coat, uh, as I said before, you know, maybe he, there were times that they were going to go out to the field, or there were gonna, times they were going to, uh, to to do some trade, or, or some uh, some stuff at the market, and they went to take off, and Joseph, Joseph was like, you know what, they've kind of made me mad today, oh, hang on guys, one second, and runs in, gets his coat of many, many colors, runs out there with him, like, okay, I'm ready to go, what do y'all think, still look good on me, you know, I mean, he, he could have done a lot of spiteful things, I don't think that was him, because again, what we've seen is Joseph has been devoted to right. I'm not saying he's above it. Everybody's a sinner. Uh, but I believe that Joseph, being this devoted to righteousness, was setting him up for this increasing hatred. Uh, maybe just as much as despising him for their father, uh, his favor, was them, his brothers despising him for doing what was right. Um, again, we, we see this as it goes on, but... Uh, maybe someone should have told Joseph, look, don't do that, brother. <laughs> you know, don't, don't do that, buddy. Don't, don't, don't go tell your brothers this dream. You know, maybe he had some friends, and he was telling them, "And I had this crazy dream. I believe that God gave it to me, and, and this is what it was. And some of his friends that maybe knew how his brothers felt about him would say, uh, you don't need to tell that to anybody. <laughs> don't tell that, especially to your brothers. That would be a bad idea to tell them. They're jealous. They hate you. Don't tell them anything good regarding you, which is a sad thing, right? Uh, You should be able to rejoice with them that rejoice. You should be able to tell your brothers and your sisters good things that happened. But maybe that's what Joseph thought. Maybe that's where the purity of his heart is. is, I want to share this good thing. This is a good dream. This is is something that God obviously was revealing to me, and I want to share it with my brothers. But again, obviously no one told Joseph not to do that. And I don't think you should have had to guard it, but regardless, he did. I want to reiterate this though. Um, I think it's a sad situation, very sad situation, when you have to guard good from certain people in your life. It's a sad situation when you have to guard good from people in your life. Whether it's a brother or sister whether it's a, another family member, or whether it's another a fellow Christian. I, I, I have a hard time sharing this with them because they're prone to get jealous or they're prone to, to get bitter or they're prone to do this. And so I, I don't want to share anything good about what God is doing in my life or how God has blessed me because I, I feel like I have to keep it from them. Sad whenever we can't share, especially with the people of God, because maybe they struggle with rejoicing when you rejoice. Scripture says it shouldn't be like that among the people of God. And I want to encourage you this morning, just as a side note, uh, as we've already talked about this, but just a reminder. Man, if something's going on good in one of your brothers or sisters in Christ's life, rejoice with them. Rejoice with them. You know, it's it, it can be hard because it can be so personal but rejoice in them because I believe that God will bless you in all of that. I think that one of the things we do miss out on is uh, understanding that rightly focused on the kingdom of God. As I talked about a while ago, the, the perspective is a huge thing and hopefully we can carry this into the new year, but I think that we can be full even when we're in desperate times. Um, we, we can We can be full of things that it uh, can't really be explained, even when we're going through the most dire circumstances that we've been through. And I think that it could maybe be described as eating and drinking from a source that only comes from God. Again, I, I mentioned the Apostle Paul before because uh, I, I, I have this in here because I think it's so important to see that perspective that he had. Again, he's, he's not the only example of this, but he's a really good example for us in the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earth and vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. He's talking about the light of the glorious God. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about, again, having this treasure inside of us. And then Paul says this, We're troubled on every side. Not on this one side, not in this one area of my life, but we're troubled on every side. He's talking about him and his ministry team. But look what he says. But we're not distressed. It's not, it's not put us out of the ministry. It's not taking us out. It's not taking our legs out. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We know that even when we're brought before certain people in, in stone, that God has not forsaken us. Isn't, isn't that amazing thought right there? Sometimes we go through just the, the very littlest of struggle in our Christian life, and we start struggling with whether God really still loves us, or is there for us, or, 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 or is really God at all, and, and, and all those things. And again, the apostle Paul many times had faced persecution. And yet he was absolutely confident, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writing to the church of Corinth to say, we know that even though we're persecuted often, that God hasn't forsaken us. God's not left us alone. Cast down, but we're not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. It was, it was something that they felt like that they were carrying along with them all the time that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. And listen to what he says here. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. He said, listen, we're we're living and serving our life. And and you know what happens? Is we're always put up to, to, uh, you know, whether it be stone or stripes or imprisonment or, or whatever type of persecution, we're always facing death for the cause of Christ. And, and, and again, look at, look at our lives here in America. Look at your life right now. I mean, it, it doesn't look like that. We're, we're not put up to death for the sake of Christ, at least not yet. But I, I think we're far from that. We're far from the, the struggles and the, and the troubles in our life being similar to this. We're always delivered unto death for the sake of Christ. We're always at the point of almost being dead in our Christian walk for Jesus. But he says this that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. See, Paul had something. He was drinking, he was eating from a source that obviously was not the same source of the world. Because he was talking about all these negative things that man looks at as negative, and he's saying that they're a positive. He says, We're always de- delivered on death for Jesus Christ, but the reason for that is that the life of Jesus would be made manifest in these fleshly bodies. Again, that's just not human reasoning. That's not human wisdom. But look, here it is. Here's that that perspective I was talking about. Here's that that thinking about others, that rejoicing for others, that that living for the cause of others. Look what he says. So then death is working in us, but life is working in you. We, We are going through all of this negative and we are always facing death for the cause of Christ so that Christ's life would be revealed to others through our life. And so even though we're dying, it's to your benefit. What an amazing thought process. What the, Again, drinking and eating from a certain source, spiritually speaking, that's not really common. He says we're having the same spirit of faith according as it's written, I believe and therefore I've spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus so raise us, Raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you, for all things are for your sakes. He said, Everything that we go through, everything that we're doing, everything we're sacrificing, everything that we face is for your sakes. That the abundant grace might be might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we don't faint. That's the reason that that God would bless you, that his grace would be poured out in your life, that you would live that life that God has designed. We're facing it. We're facing the death, the persecution, the distress. We're facing all these things. And guess what? Knowing that you are benefiting causes us not to faint. What an amazing perspective. Again, in in our life today, where where it's so easy for us to get pulled into entitlement, so easy for us to get pulled into, well, what about me? Or I've got to look out for me and mine. I've got to to make sure and, 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 and do this and do that. It seems like the opposite mindset. The Apostle Paul seems to have a life completely laid down. Use me, abuse me, take advantage, take my life, do everything. Because in all of that, as I'm living for Christ, his life is made manifest through mine. And what that ends up doing is benefiting other people. And so what that causes me to do is to keep being steadfast, is to keep pressing on. It's so not, not, not to a pity party, not to, to get sulky, not, to, not to, to, to say, you know, I just don't know if it's worth it anymore. No. He goes on, he says, even though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Again, what, a, what source, what... What is he eating and drinking from? And then he explains it like this. For our light affliction. This light. It's not a heavy affliction. It's a light affliction. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I've, you can look at what the Apostle Paul's gone through and even some of the things that he's just described right here, and I've not gone through those things. I'm just wondering if we would have the same description of the affliction For the cause of Christ that the Apostle Paul would, even if we had a small sliver of persecution. But he says, you know what? It's a light affliction. The reason why I think he could say it was light is again because that perspective. From that that source he was drawing from, the the, the source he was eating and and drinking from spiritually, he could say that it's light affliction. And look what he says. It's not just light, it's also very temporary. It's just for a moment. It's that perspective. It's that, that, that idea that, you know what? My life is to be used for the, the Lord anyways. I'm no longer mine. I'm bought with a price. And so my life is to be used to glorify him. So it is a light affliction. And when I look at eternity, and when I look at what Jesus Christ has done for me, this is just a temporal time of affliction. So not only is it light, not only is it temporary, it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's doing for some, something for us in eternity that we can't compare these trials with. Do you get that? Paul was seeing the rewards. He was seeing the glory. He was seeing all the things that Jesus said he was going to prepare for his followers. And he was saying when I'll think about the stripes my back have, has, has experienced, when I think about the bruises and the knots and the scars from the rocks and the beatings and, and, and all those things, when I think about all of this, when I think about how I've had several people in ministry even leave and just go and go back to their former lives, and, and, and I felt lonely at times. I've been out in the cold without any clothes to wear. I've been, I've been hungry. I've been thirsty. I've gone through all these things all in the service of Jesus Christ. All for the benefit of of other people. And when I think about all of the stuff that I've gone through and I'm going through, it's really light. And I understand it's temporary, especially compared to what God's doing for me in eternity. And so he explains why we look not at the things which are seen. I'm not looking only at this physical body. I'm not only looking at my temporal blessings. I'm not only looking at my temporal struggles. I'm not only looking at all these things, but at the things that are not seen. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking at. Because the things that are seen are temporal. They're going to go away. Things that are eternal are not seen are eternal. Again, Paul drank. He ate from a spiritual source that only comes from God. You know what he would declare to the Philippians or to the Galatians for me to live is Christ and to die is gain again where is that logic where is that perspective in our lives today is it present do we have that mindset that you know what I, I am not my own and everything that I do have by way of blessing has been given to me my, my family, my health, the, the, the resources we have, all these things are gifts from God to, for me to steward for His glory. And not only the good things, but even the trials that I'm supposed to count it all joy in. Even all the struggles, even if it goes to the point of persecution. All of these things I'm to glorify God with because at the end of it all, there's this eternal weight and this glory that will never go away. But all of this will. All of this will. Again, that's a source that can't be estimated in man's wisdom. There's no words I have. There's no words that any man has. No, no, nothing could, could, could give an explanation to that source. It's spiritually given, spiritually received. And Paul could rejoice in the good things that were happening in and through the churches. But again, remember that he was used to start. Even when he was worried about dying. He told the Corinthians that they despaired dis- they, they even unto death. They thought they were going to die. And yet he could still rejoice in his life in Jesus Christ. It's a heart set. It's a mindset. It's the right heart set and mindset for, for Christians. So back in our, we're probably just going to get point one this, this morning. Joseph dreams this dream. He tells it to his brothers. And he says, This dream was good, but it pours fuel on the fire of their hatred for them. What I've learned in ministry, sadly, is some people even professing Christians, even professing brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow church members even, don't have the capacity to, or maybe even more accurately, choose not to, point number one, rejoice in the success or the blessings of others. Or rejoice in other success and blessings. Again, it just shouldn't be. It, it should, again, the Apostle Paul pins m- several, they're called prison epistles, prison letters. He's sitting in prison for the cause of Christ, writing back to churches that God used him to start. They're free, he's captive, and he's still writing to them. He could say, hey, why don't y'all do something? Why don't you, you know, I've done all this for you. I've taught you. I've led you to the Lord. I've discipled you. I've installed people. God has used me to do all these things. He doesn't do that. He still from that prison cell is thinking about them. And in, in, in on many accounts, he, he says, I thank my God for what I hear about your faith. I thank God about how I hear about your love for each other. I thank God on every remembrance of you. Time and time again, he's writing about how they are a blessing and, 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 and rejoicing in what they're experiencing. But again, sadly, there's professing Christians that just seemingly don't have that capacity to say, man, praise God, God is doing something in your life. And, 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 and it's either that or, yeah, but, I mean, that's great, but is it real? You know, like, like, let's just rejoice with them that rejoice. I'm not saying you cast out discernment, but again, some people just can't do that or choose not to do that. But there's a little side note to this that's the negative. Some people don't have the capacity to do it, but the charge is we must. We must rejoice in other successes or blessings. We must. Jesus himself would set the stage for what this would look like when he was preparing his followers for his departure. We'll look at this and close this morning. John 14, verse 8. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Look, you want to you want to satisfy us? Then show us. Remember, Jesus had just been in, in this scripture here, he was just comforting his disciples. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe, believe also in me, in my father's house, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's what I said. And so then you get Thomas saying, Lord, how are we going to go? We don't even know where you're going, and we don't know the way. And Jesus answered and said in him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So he's comforting his disciples about this place he's preparing for them, and he tells them that I'm going to come back and get you. And he tells them that the only way to get there and to go with me is through me. Jesus is explaining that. But Philip pops up and says, look, if you'll just show us the Father, <laughs> you won't have to worry about anything. Thomas' doubts will be gone. All of our doubts and questions will be gone. And Jesus said to him, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's kind of how he answers him. He says, have I been with you so long and you have not known me, Philip? You, you really are saying that you need to see the Father? He that has seen me. I've seen the Father. And so how do you ask the question, hey, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Is that that the problem? Is Is it that you don't believe that we are one? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Look, I mean, just look what has happened the time that you have been with me. People have been fed. Multitudes have been fed. People have been healed. I mean, just think about that. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And then look at what, listen to the statement. And greater works than these shall he do. And he explains why. Because I'm about to go to the Father. I'm going to leave this earth. I'm not going to be on this earth anymore physically, in flesh. But I'm going to go to the Father. And whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do that, that the Father may be glorified in the Son or through the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it, again, according to his will. And look what he says. If you love me, keep my commandments. Stay in the will of God. I mean, this is the way it works. And, and I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter that, you may abide, that he may abide with you forever. Now, I want to look at that, that, that thing, and, and, and I'm done. He said greater works. He says, look, this is what's going to happen. Not only are you going to do the same works as me, but there's going to be greater works done. Does that mean better? Does that mean that the, the, those that would believe in Jesus Christ and would come after him would do better works because of the Holy Spirit? I would say no. Because it's the same exact source. It's the same power. That's why he says, you're going to do the same things, but you're going to do greater works. I believe he was speaking of a far greater reach. Again, Jesus never left the borders of Israel. He, he never... He never Uh, other than when he was a baby, but in his ministry, he never left the borders of Israel. But look where the gospel is now. Look at how many millions of people have been used, and think about how many billions of people have heard the gospel all over the globe. Think about even the Apostle Paul, just a few uh, decades after Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the ministry of the churches that he started. I mean, think about all of the, the, the churches and evangelists even of our day. Continents have been crossed. Greater works, far more reaching works have been done. But I say that to say this this morning as a close. Jesus didn't get upset about this. He said, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to leave and go back to the Father, but there's going to be a far greater reach of the works that I have started than I can do. Again, it's his work. He's doing it. But he was saying physically speaking, and he didn't get upset about that. It's not really fair. I mean, the comforter's going to come, and he's going to see all this stuff through, and he's going to be in all of this. I mean, he didn't get upset about that. Why wouldn't he get upset about that? Because it was for the kingdom of God. And there's no division in the Godhead. It was with this heavenly vision, this eternal vision. And so when we look at the Apostle Paul, when we look at Jesus Christ, he could rejoice in greater works to be done. Paul could rejoice in the works that the churches would do, even when he was in prison. Paul could rejoice for others' blessings because of a perspective, because of right vision, because of a right heart, a right mindset. this morning, I, I wanna encourage you. Maybe it was a struggle for you, maybe it was not a struggle for you, this past year in 2018. Maybe it's a struggle for you right now. M- maybe you struggle with your health, and you look at other people and you say, man, it seems like they never struggle with their health. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, a, a, a depression. You say, man, I'm always feeling discouraged, and it seems like that person's always full of joy. Maybe it's maybe it's on the physical and temporal side. You say, man, they look like they are always able to do this and they have money for that. And it seems like every paycheck we don't have anything in and, and our account goes negative, And maybe it's that maybe it's maybe it's a spiritual thing. Maybe every every year or maybe every few months you you're, you're saying, man, God, I want to know you more. God, I want to be faithful to your word. Maybe you come to this altar. Maybe you pray in your prayer closet. Maybe it's driving down the road and you say, God, I'm committing to you. I'm going to read your word more. God, I'm going to pray more. I feel disconnected and I want that more. And you look at somebody else and it seems like, man, they're just super spiritual. They're, they're always talking about God's word. They're always talking about how they're sharing the gospel. With people. with They're always talking about how they were praying about something and God answered. And, and, and maybe you look at that and you say, man... Again, you, you struggle with man if if somebody comes up to you and says, I just want to share something with you I I was able to share the gospel with this person the other day. And they actually listened. And you know yourself you haven't shared the gospel with anybody in six months, a year, two, two years, six years, ever. And, and, but you want to you're a christian and it's in there and you want to you're just afraid you're you get busy you get distracted you uh, You get intimidated you're shy whatever the, the, the reason is and and you don't do it And so when you hear somebody rejoicing about sharing the gospel instead of saying man, that is awesome Oh, man, I desire that so much I, I man, I, I pray that god will give me boldness, but that is so cool that man You were able to do that instead of doing that you go. Oh huh, That's cool and you don't want to talk about it anymore. You don't want to rejoice with them. Or again, maybe, hey, man, we, our family has this great opportunity. We're going to get to go do this and do that. And, and, and you know, you, you, y'all are like, can we buy groceries this week? Can we pay the electric bill? And they like, say, man, we're so excited, we're just so blessed that, that God would enable us to do this. And, and instead of saying, that's my brother and my sister in Christ, and man, God has poured out a blessing in their life, man, praise God. And that is so cool, that is awesome that you guys get to do that. Man, it would be awesome if we could do that one day, but I'm so happy for y'all, and that is so cool. And many times we, we can't do that because we're like, we're just never going to get out into a different state. We'll never be able to do that. We'll never, it's just our life, instead of Instead of doing that, let's learn to rejoice in other successes and blessings. Let's have that perspective. Even, even if we're like the Apostle Paul, seeming like everything is falling apart in ministry and in our personal lives and in, in, in all these things, let's still be able to look at what God's doing in other people's lives, the churches that he w- saw God doing stuff in. And say, praise God. Let's have that type of vision. Moving forward. Let's, let's determine that this, okay, I, I've struggled with that in the past, or maybe, again, this morning you say, I'm struggling with that today. Maybe you come this morning and say, God, help me with this. I struggle with jealousy. I struggle with envy. I struggle with, with, with choosing to rejoice with them that are rejoicing. And I wonder how it, it saddens the, the Lord's heart maybe sometimes if somebody gets saved. Somebody talks about how they led them to the Lord or somebody gets baptized or, and, and there, there are people that are, that are professed believers that have received the grace of God that angels don't even understand. And yet the angels in heaven are rejoicing when this sinner gets saved. And they're, 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 there's a praise service going on in heaven over this one sinner getting saved and, and the people who have experienced the grace of God see someone else come to faith and it doesn't cause them this great rejoicing. Well, I hope they really got saved this time. Or, man, well, maybe it'll stick this time. Maybe that water will remind them this. You know, I mean, people have a mindset or, or, or even uh, not even rejoicing, be more excited about the temporal things than something like that. I just hope that we would hear what God's trying to tell us this morning and say, man, I I don't want that to be in my life at all. I want any of my brothers and sisters to be able to come to me anytime and share the blessings and the rejoicing that they have. I want to be able to hear about it or or read about it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever and and, and be full of rejoicing and joy for them and not full of envy and bitterness. And I wonder what it would look like if if we live like that as the family of God in 2019 choosing to rejoice in the blessings of others if you're here this morning you've never accepted jesus christ your lord and savior we it's not a a gospel uh, message this morning but what a great way uh, to end 2018 is giving your life to jesus christ again the bible says that god so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that's what this is about so uh, what, what we are gathered here for is, is for him, the relationship that we have with him. And as I said a while ago, Jesus said you can't have that except for going through him. And so if you've never done that before, if you've never realized you're a sinner, you've never, you've never turned from your sin and turned to the Lord in faith uh, because of his death on the cross to pay for your sins, because he rose from the dead, then man, what a way to end 2018. And so I've never done that before. Listen, that's the only way to go to heaven when you die the only way there's no other way to go to heaven except for through jesus christ so if you've never done that 100 percent sure that you've done that i want to invite you to come today and we can have one of the ministers here show you more we'll take you aside privately we won't embarrass you uh, and show you in god's word how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die again that's the, that that would be the way to end 2018 if that if you've never done that before but for us christians let's do this all right, everybody, let's, let's do this. Let's make sure that we rejoice in other successes and blessings. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this reminder. Lord, sometimes we can get in our flesh and we can let the flesh, the, the thoughts of the flesh, the desires of the flesh rule our lives and it can rob us of the spiritual blessings that you have in store for us. Lord, sometimes we look at what other people do or get or, or experience, don't have, don't experience. And it can stir up the old man's feelings, feelings of jealousy and envy and spite and strife and division. And Lord it can bring up those carnal feelings, and Lord again rob us from so many so many blessings you have for us in the spiritual, uh, in the spiritual man. Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church, as a church family, as people, as your people, uh, to choose to be different. Lord, to choose to rejoice in other successes and blessings. Lord, it should do that. If we have your love in us and that love is not skewed, if it's not tainted, if it's not hindered by anything else, then we will love and will rejoice the way we're supposed to with others. And so I pray that that would be the case. This morning, if, uh, may- maybe there's people here that say, I don't feel like I'm struggling with that, uh, but I want to make sure that I continue not to struggle with that. Lord, I pray they would make their way to this altar. Maybe there's those that do struggle with it, that they would make their way to this altar and, and ask for your help this morning. Lord, just move now and we'll praise you for it. Jesus.